0: So as I, as I mentioned, we've been through a lot of transition. I won't unpack all the different transitions, uh, but uh, Jesse and I like to say sort of jokingly that other than getting pregnant and having a kid, which has not happened, so no worries on that one, <laughs> but I uh, just wanted to make that clear. Uh, I mean, in, in these parts, you really have to make that clear. Here and at the river, it's like you got to make it clear what transitions you're talking about. Um, other than that, uh, we really have gone, you, we've just thrown all the major life transitions you can make just at once. We're like, let's just do it all at once. And the Lord seemed to think that we could handle it. Um, so that's what we've been, we've been doing. We got married. Pretty big life transition. We both changed jobs, we both changed cities, we both changed churches, uh, we both left places where we were deeply connected uh, with long-term friends. And um, so we, we experienced all that. Uh, I do want to, I, I have to be honest and say that even in all the transition, I'd be lying if I didn't say there was, uh, it, it's been rich. And it has been really, really good. Uh, That's not because I don't miss you guys a ton. I totally do. It's mainly one primary reason that I'll I'll be hitting on as as I preach. And the other is just that after two and a half years of dating at a distance, I could have been in the worst place on earth and been in la-la land (laughs) by being married to (laughs) Jesse. And so that has just helped that transition so much. Uh, it 's just been so fun to not be traveling in in two different cities, but that aside uh, all this transition it can it can be a little chaotic uh, you don 't I have often felt like i 'm in a nowhere in between two somewheres so you 're going somewhere I was somewhere I feel a little bit like i 'm in this nowhere at the moment i don 't have a whole lot of norms i 'm kind of developing all these things and I don't know if you've ever felt that in a change that takes place. So a change happens, and then that brings about a transition. And there's a transition, and there's a process of that. But in that change, have you ever felt a sense of disorientation? Uh, You go from not having a kid to having a kid. You go from being in high school to college, college to summer, or graduating, Um, a major uh, illness hits your family. Uh, someone dies. There are so many types of change that can happen in our lives, and how do we how do we walk through these places of change and transition as a community? Transition happens uh, if you've got it in your DNA to be a haven for the broken and healing, and then a launch to the nations. You got to know how to how to walk through these places and still experience the peace that Jesus promises all throughout his life and that the New Testament promises. You know, he says, my peace I leave you, my peace I give you, when the disciples are about to experience pretty much the most drastic change they've ever experienced in their lives as he's about to die and then leave them. And yet he's saying, I'm giving you my peace. Walk in walk in peace. So the question I want us to look at this morning is, how do we find a place of peace in the midst of change, in the midst of transition, whatever those are uh, in your life? And in the world we live, I'm not sure you can go through, I'm not sure we're ever living a minute or a moment where some sort of change or transition is happening. So actually, just before we uh, dig into this passage in Philippians, uh, I just want us to ask the Holy Spirit to enter this conversation that He would highlight the right places of change and transition, even that's it's going on in your life right now. It might be part of a long season. It might be something smaller. But a place that could potentially rob your peace. So just open your heart to the Lord with me. Holy Spirit, would you just help show us what is that place of peace? Uh, what's the place that you want to speak personally into as we look at Paul's words to us, as we look at your word to us? So We'll just pause for a moment. What's that place, Lord? What do you want to quicken to mind? What place do you want to speak into? Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we're not alone in this. And so we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So how do we find this place of peace in the midst of change, transition, uh, s- different stages of life? Uh, turn to Philippians 4, 5 through 9 with me if you have your Bible on your phone, on your in, in book form. It'll be up on the screen as well. We're gonna, I'm, I'm looking at this from the NIV 2011 version, uh, just if you're wanting to go exactly word for word here. Um, again, it's Philippians 4, 5 through 9. Awesome. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. About anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, Paul, uh, or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff in there. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to move to that next phrase just to kind of jump in here. Um, the Lord is near. this is really the foundation that we need to have as we think about the the answer to the how question because I want us to get there the how not just talk about oh there 's peace in the midst of anxiety and things like that, but I, I want to say how do we how do we do that what 's Paul recommending in terms of a how but we have to know that we can close up the Bibles walk out the door. Now, if this reality isn't true, that in whatever the change, his presence remains. So that is essential that no matter what the change is that's going on in life, his presence really does remain. Whether you feel it or not, his presence is there. Uh, Jesus is with you. That God is right With you, you're cleaning dirty diapers and in a fight with your spouse and you're angry and you're saying, how in the world is Jesus right here in this transition? I'm frustrated, whatever. He's right there. The Lord is near. So turn to someone, and if you can remember this, in every change, his presence remains. Turn to a neighbor and just just give him that. With some gusto, please. Come on. Gusto. I don't know. Alright. It's really important that even though the Lord will call us to go into times that are challenging, chaotic, disorienting, uh, it doesn't mean he's not there. doesn't mean he's not with you in that season. Uh, but what re- what makes a huge difference is whether we walk with that awareness that he 's there when we were uh, seeking the Lord about our transition as to where to uh, land as we got married um, one of the things that the Lord spoke to Jesse was that it would be a difficult season that it would be it 'd be challenging there would be challenges and it 'd be hard, especially on the relational front uh, just as a side note for both of us, that's been the hardest element of, of, of change in our lives is just uh, going from places where we're really connected and love people dearly to a place where we don't really know that many people. And we, aren't, we don't have that sense of being known in the way that we do where we were. But, but the Lord spoke a promise to her. He said, in this time, it'll be difficult, there'll be challenges, but if you press into me... You will get to know me more deeply and more intimately than you ever have before in your life. That's definitely been true uh, for both of us, but especially for Jesse. That promise has been true. If Jesus leaves us in difficult situations, uh, that isn't, that's an impossible word. It, it's, not, it's not a word that God should even be speaking. But yet, his presence remains in the midst of those changes. Not just the we need to build on that. But I want to move ahead and get to this. Uh, So as we're trying to find that sense of peace, how do we do it? So I want to reread verses 6 and 7 here. Uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right. So what's Paul saying here? Do not be anxious about anything. I read that and I think, gee, Paul, thanks a lot. Easier said than done. Uh, Okay, Paul, I don't know about this. Um, As a recovering perfectionist myself, I, I read this and I just think, Paul, that's What are you talking about? Like, I can't just flick a switch and anxiety is on or off. And I choose. I wake up in the morning when I have a heaviness in my chest of feeling a little anxious. Thanks, Paul. I choose that when I wake up and I just say, I want the anxiety switch on. I want that turned on this morning. Um, So that's, I'm just letting you, that's my first thought when I come to this. Um, And I wish I could tell you that there's something... Uh, at least in the, this wasn't an imperative, that it could like soften the blow. If in Greek it's like, oh, don't worry, it's not an imperative. He's not actually saying, don't be anxious about anything. But I can't say that. He says, don't be anxious about anything. It's really what it says. Um, but as I was engaging in this with the Lord um, and, and doing some studying, actually, something jumped out to me. And that is that every one of the verbs in this passage is, it's a verb that implies, the the way that it's used, that it's not a one-time event. It's not just a one-time moment that is being spoken about. It's speaking to a continuous process. There's a continual element to what Paul is saying here. And so it's not so much that he's saying, you know, if you have... If you feel anxious about something right at the moment, stop. You're being bad. Stop being anxious. He's not saying that at all. What what he's saying is move towards a place in your life where you're free from anxiety. Don't let anxiety be the thing that defines who you are. Don't be okay settling for a life where anxiety um, and the things that come with that, the fear, the worry, Don't be okay just staying in that place and taking it on yourself as this is just who I am. This is just my lot in life. What Paul's saying is that's not true. Don't stay in that place. Be moving towards a place where it's not having a hold on your life. That's something that I can get excited about as I read and as I bring to the Lord. That's something that makes me run to Jesus in the process of... Oh, thank you, Paul. I can appreciate that a little bit more. So you're saying I don't have to, there's hope for me, that I don't have to live with a sense of anxiety about different things, the things that would would cause me that place of concern. It might be a long process, but he's saying be on that journey. Don't just settle. So the question, it becomes the, the how question. So how do we do this? Let's look at that next thing that he says. So he says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I'm just letting you in to how I read the Bible. When I first read this, I think of myself kind of sitting in a chair shooting spitball prayers to God. He's like, And they kind of stick on the ceiling. And when I read this, like, okay, thanks, Paul. By prayer and petition, present your requests to God. It just feels like, I just, I don't know, that's what I think of, spitballing prayers to God. I don't know why. It's the image in my mind, just shooting spitballs to the ceiling. And they just kind of, if I'm really lucky, it sticks. You know, those are like the ones you're just, oh, yes, it's stuck on the ceiling. The others fall. I guess that's good, too. It, like, falls on someone, and uh, that's a win as well. But, This is what I think of, and I think of I I just I hear these words in such a religious, impersonal way at times. So, okay, I gotta go pray and petition God, and maybe I'll start to feel some more peace. I don't think that's at all what this is saying. This word for prayer, it's it's actually it's not a very religious word. Word. It's not a word that's filled with um, a, a rote or reciting quality. It's actually, it's a word that often just implies speaking to God. Uh, speaking to God and with God. It's, a, it's kind of a general word for praying. And, and when, this is, when Paul's saying this, he's saying, speak to God about it. Bring it to God. Speak to, even be open to him speaking back. Uh, it's, it's com- conversing with God, speaking to and with Him. And then the second word here, petition, this really does mean bring, what's, bring it to God, uh, petition Him in a sense. But the nuance is this, that if it matters to you, it matters to Him. And so you can petition Him. You can bring every single matter in your life before Him because if it matters to your heart, it matters to his heart. There is not a single thing that we can't bring to him. And so Paul, he's saying, he's he's addressing, it's it's almost like his heart is to the Philippians, a church that he loves dearly. And he's not with them at the moment, and yet he, he planted it. He started it. And he's saying, guys, I don't want you to live with anxiety, because it'll rob you of what God has in your fullness and what He has for you. So, in every situation, uh, every every time is available. Every moment's available. Go before Him. Go before the Lord with thanksgiving. I want to unpack that element, but have gratitude in your heart. Uh, present these requests to God. If it matters to Him. Or if it matters to you, it matters to Him. And this whole idea of present your requests to God, it's basically saying that things that are going on in your life, those things that matter to you, make them known to Him. It's not, it's not a correct answer to say, well, He knows anyway. He knows He'll take care of it. Nowhere in the Bible... Is it encouraging that sort of relationship with God? Because it even says, says, make your requests known to God. I don't want us to think about this word for God as uh, this distant, impersonal thing. Because the one that Paul's talking about here is the same one, the, the same God as a father who in Romans he says... That you come before him with a cry in your heart that says, Abba. That we come before God as dad. It's the same one. It's the same God that Jesus says, the father in heaven is good. And if you ask him for bread, he's not going to pitch a stone in your face. He's not going to chuck a rock back at you. He's not going to throw a snake around your neck when you ask him for fish and good food. This is the one that we're talking about here. When when Paul's saying, present, come before him. Be with him. Let him know those things are going on in your life. Bring it before dad. Bring it before your papa. So if I could summarize in John Prickett terms, uh, this this whole part here where Paul's answering the question of the how. So he's saying, You know, don't let anxiety dominate or rule your life. And in the midst of change and transition, it's one of the first things that happen is we start to feel uncomfortable and we don't walk in that residing peace. If I could put it in my own words to summarize, it would be this. Find your place of peace by positioning yourself before your papa. Find the place, the way you find the place of peace in your life is consistently positioning yourself before your Papa. That's why the Lord is near. That's why it's so important that Paul begins this whole thing by saying the Lord is near. So if we think He's far and distant, we're not going to position ourselves before our Papa. I had an experience with this recently. Uh, About three or four months ago, I was... Uh, sorry, weeks, around three or four weeks ago, I was noticing that in the midst of all the change and transitions and stepping into a new, a new job, not stepping into, diving in headfirst to a new job and a church that is awesome but just had a lot of, of need. So it was, it was not a step in. It was a dive in head first, And... Um, and then also going through 30 years of life single and then stepping into marriage and figuring out marriage. Um, I was noticing that I didn't know what it was from, but that I was waking up with just that heaviness on my chest. Little things that typically wouldn't affect me very much emotionally, in terms of a negative sense, were causing pretty bad, big reactions in terms of just feeling anxious or really overly stressed, overwhelmed by things. Uh, there was an anxiety in my heart. Um, and so around two weeks ago, so I let that come and go exist for, for a week or two. And I, one thing I always notice is when there's something a little off in me, when I go to spend time with, with my papa in the morning, and I get, and I almost, and I find myself getting distracted very easily. And I was, I could tell that was happening. I was wanting to just go and read a book. I was wanting to uh, cut my time with Papa short and not spend as much time with God. I was, I was wanting to study diligently the scriptures, but I didn't want to open my heart and my emotions and actually see what was going on. So I knew something was up. So I let it go for about two weeks. The. For me, the, the kicker was that I started to feel irritable uh, with cert, some interactions between Jesse and I that had nothing to do with her, and I was like, this, I don't, why am I irritable right now? Like, I'm just, something's going on. So two weeks ago, uh, April 20th, oh, there we go, um, <clears throat> I hugged Jesse in the morning. We had had some breakfast, and I just said, I need to go into our bedroom has some stuff going on inside, and I just need to figure some things out with the Lord so just a lot of times we 've been kind of in the same room as we 've been spending time with God, and so I just wanted her to know i wasn 't trying to isolate myself from her, but I was just like, i got to go figure some stuff out with god i 'm a little irritable i 'm a little anxious something 's going on. so I get out my trusty journal, and uh, I sit back in this awesome wooden rocking chair that we now have, and I didn't know what was going on. That was part of the issue. I was like, I don't really know why I feel this way. I just know that I'm not feeling a ton of joy and peace. And so what I did was I made it as simple as I knew how. I just said, God, Papa, I am just going to write out. I'm going to try and write out what I'm feeling. Because I'm not even fully aware of what I'm feeling. I'm just going to start writing and see what comes. So I just wrote this. I'll just read you the first lines. We don't have time to read the 10 pages worth of what eventually came out. Um, I just wrote, I'm having a hard time, Papa. I'm feeling that overwhelmed feeling. Like nothing I do is good enough. I don't feel I can do anything good enough. And as I started to write this, tears just started to pour down my face. And and I just started to write. I I started to write all these specific places. I didn't feel like I was doing good enough. I didn't. I, I didn't feel like I was measuring up in all these different ways. And um, now this wasn't a new revelation to me. Uh, I mentioned earlier as a recovering perfectionist. Uh, these are things that a perfectionist says. It's just never good enough. I can't please this person. I can't. And um, man, as I just got honest with God about what was going on, I just positioned myself. Before my papa. And the tears flowed. And his truth started to speak. Into my heart. And my mind. Which is the next thing that Paul says here. He says. And that peace that transcends understanding. It says that it will guard your heart and your mind. In Christ Jesus. His peace was coming. His presence. The papa was was working in my heart. He's working in my mind. Uh, A lot of the times, we we hope for and expect for that peace to just overwhelm us and envelop us. It's just like, okay, just let me have peace right now. Sometimes that happens. I, I step into times of worship, and I sense his peace in his presence. It's amazing. But the thing is, our hearts and our minds, they haven't always been perfectly guarded. And so there's places in our lives where in our minds, in our hearts, uh, the places where we believe lies, uh, we have experiences that are wounding or hurtful and uh, we pick up lies. We we have woundings that happen, all, all sorts of different things. And for the peace that God purposes to have exist in our lives as His sons and daughters, He has to affect some things in us. And so sometimes for that peace to increase, He needs to, he needs to do something in us. But he, it's hard for Him to do it in us if we never position ourselves before Him. And so this promise is a promise That if we position ourselves before him, he will be working in us the things that need to be worked in order to get us to a place where we walk in greater and greater peace. I have felt, uh, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but I have felt very different. And I have walked in a different level of peace in the past two weeks. I have responded differently to those same types of situations because I positioned myself before my papa. It's not to say I didn't have the, the sense of anxiety uh, or those feelings of I'm not doing this good enough or I wish I could be doing this or I'm letting this person down or the overwhelmed feeling. It has, but it took the edge off and it reminded me, it, it helped me see what the issue was. I was like, I got to go to the God with this. I got to go to my papa with this. I have to get his perspective. So what, what God will often do is he'll speak promise And he'll shift our perspective on certain things. So sometimes for the peace to remain, so for it not to just be I walk into church and I worship and then I walk out and the peace goes, for the peace to remain, sometimes he needs to shift our perspective on our circumstances, on what's happening. And as you position yourself before your dad, who's good, your father, he will speak into the perspective of your he'll he'll, he'll help shift your perspective because what we really need is his perspective this has been huge for me over the past six months Uh, I leave the north shore the harbor having lived on the north shore for 11 years of my life uh, maybe 12 and man loving you guys so much loving this community um, being ordained by the harbor, uh, being baptizing people, uh, dedicating children to the Lord, crying together, laughing together, uh, encountering the Holy Spirit together in faith groups, sometimes in really weird ways. And, um, you know, but memory building ways and life changing ways. Um, friends that, I hope will be, you know, not hope, friends that are lifelong friends, people that were in my wedding six months ago in this community and uh, dreams in my heart that God put there that I had in my heart six years ago. Some dreams that I still haven't seen come to fruition. All sorts of things. I could unpack that list and I'd be happy to. We can do it over pizza. All the things that that I carry um, on my heart, Uh, a sadness, and that's not a bad thing, not a bad sadness, just a sadness of of kind of a closing of a season and a transition. What I want to say is in that place, uh, there's been challenges, but Papa's been so good as I've positioned myself before him over the last six months. In all of those changes, when a lie from the enemy has come that I was a failure, that I left and the focus that the enemy wants me to get is ways that the dreams or the plans didn't pan out, that, that, there, that my dreams for all four campuses on the north, major campuses on the North Shore have tons of students meeting, transformed, worshiping Jesus. Um... In those places, it's been really important for me to not just stuff it and ignore it, but to bring that before before my papa and say, God, what's your perspective on this? What are you speaking into uh, my life as I make this transition? He has spoken a promise. I need my big Bible here that can kill a person. It's so big. Um, <clears throat> Philippians. Actually, from the beginning of Philippians, God has routinely brought me back to actually the beginning of this letter, and I think it's it's connected that God has had me in Philippians, even as I've been processing my transition and leaving this community and so many of you who are so close and dear to my heart, because that's how Paul felt about the Philippian church. He wrote this letter, and it was with overwhelming love and joy and gratitude. And I've been saying to God, I want to correspond back with people at the harbor. I want my relationships with the harbor to be characterized in the way that Paul connects with the Philippians. I felt like God has uh, brought me on that front to Philippians 1.3. So I'm just giving you an example of a way that as I positioned myself before my papa, he has helped me walk in, in peace. I thank my God every time I remember you. That, is so, that has been so true, and I'm grateful to say it uh, as I think about you guys. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first days until now. Here's the promise. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on To completion. It's a good promise to take to the bank when the enemy wants to speak some lies. When the enemy wants to come in and try and rob you, rob us of of what he's doing. Of those good things. So as we position ourselves before our Papa, he wants to speak promise over your life. Maybe there's some promises today, and you are you feel like, I'm not sure that was God, or I feel like that promise is done. I don't think I can really hang on to or hold on to that promise anymore. Uh, maybe there's a perspective shift, um, a perspective shift that God wants to do. I um, actually call the, the worship team up, uh, and... Kind of will transition into a place of of responding the the whole heart between, behind verses eight and nine. The heart there is just that. Um, as you position yourself before your papa, when you walk it out, and the, as you're walking it out, as you're practicing these things, and as you're setting your mind on the things that are on his mind, I've said this in our in our faith group. That if it's not on his mind, I don't want it in my mind. And so if it's not on God's mind, we don't want it cluttering being in our minds. And so it's basically just saying, as you walk it out and live it out, have the things that are on his mind on your mind, and then live live a life of trying to follow Jesus, and incorporating and knowing that he is with you. So that's just the verses 8 and 9. There, but what I really want us to focus on as we respond is what are the places where God wants to come? And let me rephrase that. What are the places where you just need to bring it before your papa and just bring that place? It can be a feeling, it can be an emotion, it can be a lie. Uh, what's the place of transition? What's the place of fear? This isn't a one-time deal. We're just practicing right now what we can live out and step out and, and live out in our lives. So I want you to stand up. And um, if, you're, if you feel comfortable, just open your hands before the Lord. And just have that have that place that maybe that the Holy Spirit brought to you earlier, a place of change, that place of transition, the place that uh, might be robbing you of, of his peace to walk through that. And just in your mind, um, or in your heart, however you connect with the Lord, just go before Papa. I've been praying for us. I've been praying for this time. That the words of, of Scripture would come alive, and that this would be real. That this would be a moment where we encounter Papa's presence, and he speaks promises. He brings his perspective. As the team leads out in a song, uh, it's a song that has been kind of hand-picked for this response. So as you are uh, responding to the Lord and bringing those places of your heart before him, the places of your life, the places you just need to come before Papa again, As you feel led, just start declaring it to God. Uh, It's a song of truth about who your Papa is. That He's faithful. He never gives up on you. He's able to finish what He began in you. And He's stable through every change that this life brings. So as you connect with the Lord, uh, feel free to shift it into, into worship. And if you want, you're welcome to come forward and kneel before the Lord. And people uh, can come and pray, pray for you and with you. But let this be especially a time where you, praise that's on my mind as you cozy up with Papa and uh, just spend some time connecting with.